Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com And welcome to this pre-recording of Cosmic Cosmic Reality. No, it's Cosmic Reality production of Radio 5G Cosmic Soup. And um, we are going to be playing airing this on uh, November. No, yes, November 29th, 2023. It's myself, Nancy Hopkins, with Mark Joseph, and we've got Yasmin and Bob West with us. And they asked to come on because they've got a story. <laughs> and I love their stories. And uh, other things. I mean, they are truly one of the, you know, good guests we get. Right, Mark? <laughs> Always. Mark. Yeah, big big stories, big ideas all the time. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, welcome to the show here, Yasmin and Bob. Thank you. It's good to be back. Hi, everybody. Hi. All right, so you've got something that you wanted to talk about, and we always get into other things, too. But why don't you just give us a rundown on what's on your mind? Why are we in a, in, in, in meeting here? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, of course, we have a you know, few small updates on the Eagle, and um, I wanted to also... Uh, give people some updates on um, a recent manifestation class that I taught and um, the exciting things that we did there and um, some of the other developments we have going on with Radio Bob. But to get things started, I figured we'd start with a fun story about um, Bob's... Bob has really been opening up. Um, <laughs> And I, I, I laugh sure because it's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so I've been kind of, you know, trying to change my attitude because I've, I've been hoping that this year at my job is the last year I have to work for somebody else. After that, I kind of hope to be working for myself, but I know it may not be. And I work with a very small group of people and I work very closely with them. So even though I don't see them all day long or physically work next to them all day long, I see them every day and they're on site 24 hours at a time. So when I get to work at 6 a.m., they've been there all night and they're operators. So I went into work and I'm normally like this openly guy that brings in the donuts. I mean, just picture the person skipping in, singing a song, you know, even when I'm in a lousy mood, which is most of the time, but I try really hard because I know they've been there all night. And that's got to suck. And so then I got there that morning and I didn't really see the operators, and but we always have a meeting at seven o'clock. And I walked into the meeting and I was just my happy, upbeat self. And within probably a 30th of a second, I took a look through the room and I felt like grabbing a stapler which was on the counter and just hurling it at one of the guys that was sitting there. And just to give you guys a little bit of background, <laughs> you know, my husband, he's practically a pacifist. <laughs> so this is totally outside of his character normally. <laughs> right. I'm a, I'm a methodical path or 
pacifist in the fact that as long as nobody messes with me, I don't really do anything. But if you mess with me, yes, I know how to use the nearest piece of equipment. So, so I was looking at this guy and I'm like, man, this guy is just pissing me off. And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, I'll just throw something at him. So I actually found myself standing there for a second going, hey, wait a minute. Why am I upset at this guy? <laughs> Almost as if it was like two people in the same body at the same time having a discussion of one of them wants to throw something at this guy. And the other guy's like, why are you feeling that way, dude? And so then I was like, yeah, why am I? I mean... I've known this guy for a while. We'll use his name as we'll call him Dave or whatever. Um, and I said, I've known, I've known this guy for like two years. I'm like, this guy's the nicest guy in the world. And I want to crank him one, you know? And so I stepped away from the counter. We were having our talk and everybody was kind of doing their own thing, you know? And I just kind of backing away and backing away and backing away going, that's really weird. And as soon as I could, I got out of the room. Well, about four hours later in the same day, I see this guy. Only I don't feel the same way. I'm like, because I've been analyzing it. I've been thinking about it like for four hours. And so uh, I figure, well, I'll just say hello to him, you know? And so, uh, so I walk over and I go, hey, how's it going? And he goes, dude, he goes, I got to tell you what, because I have never been more pissed at the universe today than ever in my life. He goes like he goes since yesterday. He goes after all you guys left. And he goes, it's not your fault or anybody here's fault. And he goes, but the whole universe. He goes, I had problems with this AC guy that's supposed to be working in my house. I had problems with my car guy. I had problems with this. I had problems with this. He goes, when I was when I woke up this morning, he goes, I wanted to kill somebody. And I went, that's it. <laughs> that's what I felt. Yeah. And and then you came home and you told me the story and and I told him, yeah, absolutely, that's a thing. And you experienced what, you know, they call, you know, an empath yeah, would she, feel an emotion within them that's not their own. So uh, one term you could use, I guess, as a transference. I felt a transference of his negative energy at the world, but he couldn't figure out. And he said this to me, he goes, like, I can't figure out how to get rid of this rage. And I go, well, you got to, and I, this was in the afternoon conversation. I said, well, dude, you got to do something about it because I said, I said, I can't afford to absorb this shit. Excuse me, this stuff. I can't, I cannot have this in my daily life. If you're going to project it out, I'm going to have to put up some sort of screen or something like that. And he was kind of looking at me all quizzically and I'm going, I'm going, I must, that must have been what I felt this morning. So I told him, you know, and I was like the rest of the day for what, 24 hours? 36 hours, almost two days, I could still feel his um, rage present, almost like a, uh, like a physical weight, like I had to carry like this five pound ball around in my hand for the last two days. That's what it felt like. And so- well, I, And it felt like your own. Yeah, so it felt you were, like me, right. You were confused. Like, right, because yeah. I couldn't get rid of it. I mean, I could come home and blow up aliens on the computer screen and it still wouldn't do me any good because it wasn't my rage to get rid of. So the weight, the weight of his rage, and this is actually quite spiritual, the weight of his rage was something I could not shed by accepting it. Right. Until it just dissipated kind of thing. Yeah. Well, when you... When right. you told me about it and I explained, yeah, that, that's definitely a thing. It happens to people. 
um, that I think that helped as well. Once right. you understood what you were dealing with. Correct. And so in the conversation with him, he goes, yeah, he goes, I, I, I just got to get rid of this. He goes, I, I just don't know how he goes, all these people have been negative, negative, negative. And I go, well, I said, I don't know if I have any tools in my toolbox right now because I'm a little bit out of shape, but I, I told him what I call my name trick. And I don't know if I told you this one, Nancy, um, and I'm pretty sure I haven't told Mark, but when all else fails and you need to reconnect your spiritual being or your mental acuity train or you've been in hiding for a while, um, go hit the same place over and over again. So if you have to shop, use the same store. If you need a cup of coffee, use the same coffee shop. If you are working on a car, use the same car parts place, but always use the same one. Reasoning is familiarity breeds contempt. And so you'll lower your shields a little bit, but not a lot. And then the second thing you should learn is everybody's name. So you should be going there with the intention of shopping, but your second intention and primary focus should be to learn their names so that when you walk through the door, you can feel them and talk to them. And whilst you're there getting the service that you need, you'll get better service, but it will help uh, reground you in going out in the universe and dealing with some of that rage because you'll see that other people have rage but some other people have really good spirits and they'll give you some of their pleasure and that'll help you out with your rage yeah so do you want my rendering of how i would have handled the situation sure absolutely <laughs> okay the first thing i would have said to him is has there been any cell towers built in your area has there any been any technology around you that's been added that you may not be aware of? Because what you're describing is can be be can can occur because of a frequency. They right. put these frequencies out that people get agitated. They don't even know why. And of course, if you're you're in that field and you're dealing with all these other people, then they're in that field too. Right. It can be and we're in it every day. Yeah, and that could be as simple as that. So yeah. the next thing I would do is to tell him to get Shungite. <laughs> okay. Because Shungite will work to be able to stabilize you and ground you and nullify uh, the, the 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 negative spin of the signals that are coming in now you're still going to get a lot of signal and it's it's going to upset you but you know you're not going to be quite as physically uh let's say uh attacked all right because it if if he thought it was sudden you know if you had that intense reaction what were you guys walking into regarding the emf environment and it may be that they've stepped up the energy maybe they've added this to the to the mix of signals that you're getting hit with but yes yasmin you're absolutely correct an empath will will feel this off of somebody else but unfortunately an empath will also be one of those people who is not only feeling it the effects of radiation on other people but they will be a that they will it'll intensify that empathic signal if you if you understand me um because you have to give now that seems really out there for a lot of people but that's my number one go-to 
And I just did a, a program, Yasmin, the one that we did on um, the, the, the never-ending, no, that was the Shanghai show. Was it the Shanghai show that was never-ending or the Radio 5G show? I think it was the Radio 5G show. And it just kept going on and going on. But in that show, we were talking about Dr. Young. Was that correct, Robert Young? You heard that yes. show. Okay. Yes. And if you remember, he spoke about... And this is going to sound really strange because it was to me, but boy, did it make sense. He he talks about the fact that the people that have had all this uh, these shots, the vaccines, that in the vaccine, he said that the first dosages of vaccines, um, there were very few, maybe 5%, I think he said, of the vaccines that were actually tainted with uh, graphene oxide and hydrogel. And he said the the second shot was, uh, I think he said something like around 40%. But all of the boosters were like 100% of this graphene uh, hydrogel stuff that's out there. And that that is taking a 5G signal and essentially rebroadcasting it. So the people that have these multiple shots can be acting as antenna systems and yeah. I, you know if i if i didn't understand electromagnetic poisoning um and and i wasn't very astute as to my own physical beingness you know i i don't think oh my god something something inside of me is causing me to, to get feel bad no it's something outside of me that's making me feel bad so i look to the outside and I've told this story before, and when I told it, I did not have a clear understanding of what had happened. But in um, the very beginning of the stages of the, the shots, the, I, I, the first shot was obviously out there. It may, the second shot may have been out there, so I don't know for sure. But I know that my neighbor across the street and this new guy, Benjamin, that was um, making friends with the neighborhood because of a neighborhood problem, he, I know that he had taken the vaccine, too, because of their jobs and nothing else. And um, so Frank, from the, my neighbor, calls me across the street. I go and I meet Benjamin, and they're both standing in front of me. And we're having a conversation about this neighborhood problem. And then Benjamin, we're standing outside. Benjamin just sort of changed his position, and now I was between the two of them. And it didn't take but... I, I don't think it took 30 seconds before I started to feel absolutely awful. And interestingly enough, Robert Young, when he was describing this phenomenon, he went through the, the symptoms of radiation poisoning, which I knew, and I knew that that's what I was feeling at the time, you know, but it nothing EMF, in my opinion, we were outside, but to think that people around you have gotten these they're, they're now walking antennas you know is stunning because honest to god i mean i almost passed out and he said the only thing you can do is get away from whatever wherever if you're feeling bad someplace then get away from where you're at now did you have i mean okay okay so, so we so better we, clue you in on something here okay um just probably less than 100 feet from my desk is the base of the fake tree and the fake tree is 5g 
Um, Which they've recently worked on. Done, right. So it, it's above us 24-7. It's been on the premises, I don't know, since they've had cell towers. Before then, it was, well, they had replaced the whole structure, but it was a radio tower before. That was a microwave communication station, actually, because the plant that I'm in was built in the 70s, and it, they built like a two acre plant on 35 acres and we still own the 35 acres and you know it's just the way it is but the beauty of it is is that all of the guys needed their criteria to continue working on those premises during covid i don't ask i do not discuss how um they're pretty safe from that stuff um i would think and there's only like four of them so there wasn't a really heavy recommendation for them to do anything, nor was there a, a federal or state law that mandated that they could make those guys do anything because of their circumstances. And so, you know, we don't we don't see each other. So we're underneath the 5G tower. We're underneath the 24 seven, 365 days a year. And my attitude's still pretty good and pretty strong. And the guys are pretty good and pretty strong. We're the kind of guys that barbecue at lunch once in a while i mean it's, it's but you wear protection i yes i have shungite in my work vehicle that i drive around the plant i have shungite in my pocket i have shungite in my phone um i have shungite in my car my car is a shungite machine um <laughs> so i don't worry and my blessings my hopes and my care and concern are for my crew um even though i'm not their captain i'm the lowest guy on the ship they're, they're my crew, so they get all that protection all the time. So it took it took the gentleman um, who affected me. It had to be quite a large amount of material built up in him, and I think it was from an outside influence. So um, hopefully we'll see what happens. I'll see him again Tuesday morning. So yeah. So it, I I'm thinking that. Um probably that 5G tower in, could have interacted with something within him that triggered all that rage within him. Yeah, it's possible because, but, you know, it's like I said, these guys, they're underneath it all the time and how it affects, how people get affected out there is a questionable thing. I'd be more worried about the 1970 building and Nancy, Mark, you probably know why, uh, crumbling around them that they need to replace very badly, but it's intricate. It's part of our daily operations. So it, it's really throwing a curve to the whole world right now for them. Yeah, it's not a problem for me because I know how to deal with it. Okay, but first off, uh, radiation poisoning accumulates. Yeah, you I can, get that. You know, so so th that's one problem. The second problem is is I do believe they've probably turned up the five G. Um, um, well, that's yeah. that's guaranteed. It, it's it's guaranteed that they're using um, secondary carrier signals. We, you and I, have talked about the machinery that accompanies a five G. And luckily, if I had my two choices, if I was like at a city park and had a five G tower, which isn't good for any kid to be anywhere near it, but I'd rather be there than downtown in any city, anywhere, anytime, because all those hotels in order to give you your 5G signal on the inside, have antennas now on the outside of them underneath fake skin so that they can put 
penetrate the hotel next to them. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous and it's going to fry people. And the best thing I can tell people is if you want to keep your brain intact, the first thing you do is do not work in a city, um, not in a downtown, not in buildings. And when people say, oh, you know, you're just picking on New Yorkers. No, I meant New Yorkers that are pretty nice. Um, but but you go to New York and people are gray and they're a little bit bummed and they don't get to see the sun. They're getting pounded with 5G and microwave and everything else and reflected light and noise and the rest of it. And you never get a reset. Um, I'd Bob, like to Bob, Bob, the Christmas time is coming. The giving of gifts. Why don't you get some shungite and give these people shungite? What, you mean at work? Yeah. How do you know I haven't been? Say again? How do you know I haven't been? Because I think you would have mentioned it. Did you? I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> well, I... There are rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are rules. There are okay. rules, and, and you're familiar with... I, I don't think you have to abide by some of those rules, but... Well, you can't throw anything in the water I, I, that, that could get oh you in boy. trouble yeah so i'm on i'm actually on camera when i'm on that facility i'm on camera the moment i get there wow i'm on camera all day long uh, my responsibility can be upwards to a million and a half people a day and i'm i'm the lowest guy on the food chain but i have to play along just like the grade five guys at the top of the food chain well, you can give them some shungite rubber, tell them to put it in their shoes. Oh, yeah. Let's defend that in court. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can give it to the guys. You, just, you yeah. just can't do anything to the plant. If I'm going to fall on, yeah. on the sort of Damocles of my job, I'm taking the beamer into one of the basins and I'm doing some donuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's other reasons for that happening, but that would be my number one concern in this reality we're in. Oh, I, I guarantee you that that's the kind of thing that affects people where I'm at. And then people, it depends on the structures and the age of the structures. You know, we, we talk about what a hard time people have with, you know, aging in infrastructure. And it, it's true. It's true. It does affect lead in the pipes does affect your daily life. The accumulation of lead is like the accumulation of radiation. So, you know, different people face different problems. Yeah. Well, just recently, I don't I don't know if we've we haven't talked about it on air, but um, your your friend Dave. Well, I wasn't going to use his name, and we normally would use oh, his coworker. Yeah. Since we're using Dave as the common name, uh, he was uh, he was at the end of a pipeway. It was a disassembled and disengaged system, but it was not locked out. In other words, the system hadn't been used in like a year, and uh, operator was using a similar system near the other system and open a valve to energize the system he was working on, which by all recommendations, readings, and drawings was a separate system and that turned out not to be in the case. And the guy, my friend Dave, he was on the other end of the pipe when the uh, pump that was on that valve train opened and shot 
probably 20 seconds worth of hyperchloride air, which sodium hyperchloride is uh, basically like getting salt and other materials into your lungs shot in like a cannon. <laughs> and uh, so he was in the ER within, I, well, I called 911 um, and that got him oxygen within two and a half minutes. He'll probably be out for six to seven months, but he's not dead. So that's really good. Um, but that's the kind of environment that I work in. Yeah, it's hazardous. When, when mistakes are made, they usually require an ambulance. And my question being, why do you work there? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm, uh, highly, I'm highly qualified. Uh, learned this, I learned this from my brothers. They were in the Navy. Um, they were really qualified people when they were inducted into the Navy, into boot camp. And so the uh, naval hierarchy went out of their way to make them both firefighters on ammunition ships. I don't know if that's a good idea, but I think if you're going to have a fire on an ammunition ship, that you want really incredibly motivated people to do that work. And so the guy that runs our plant is a he's a pretty good mechanic and he's used to working by himself. And they've been wanting somebody to clean up the plant for a long time. And he found me and he goes, hey, do you want to come out and work on my plant? Pretty much just do whatever you want unless I need you. And so I work autonomously as a drone for a government agency, making sure that, that you and millions of other people potentially have safe drink, drinking water. That's what I do. Yeah. And you enjoy the people you work with. Oh, they're aces. And, and it's a <laughs> they're weird, but they're aces. And they leave me alone. I think people don't realize that, that, you know, that the people that make things work, like the water system and electric system and stuff, they they are dangerous jobs. Oh, yeah. People just take, take everybody as being, you know, like, oh, you know, yeah, water plant, how dangerous could that be? They don't understand the intricacies. Right. And, and it's funny because Yasmin's sitting next to me and she's kind of snickering because she knows that this is one of the safest dangerous jobs I've had. So, oh, okay. so I've had <laughs> my career has been with a badge and you know on the water in the middle of the night running tugboats and running cranes when people are going by on their ski boats and doing critical lifts, repairing bridges, uh, security work, theatrical work, high steel painter, so up 350 feet in the air in a basket. No, this is my safe job. So when somebody goes out on this job in an ambulance, I get really bummed. And that had just happened a couple weeks before. So it's it's quite possible my coworker has always had a little bit of rage. And he, he said that. He goes, I have rage issues. And that this incident, even though it didn't happen to him directly on his shift, but it happened to all of us as a crew, could have tipped his scale a little. But we fight that that 5G tower. We fight it. Every time they work on it, we think about it. We know. I stay away from it. <laughs> I go paint something. I walk away. Well, you you recently talked to the, oh, yeah. the contractors that came out to service it, and they yeah. were telling you how they had to work in shifts and they were only allowed to stay up there a certain amount of time. Yeah, there's been, uh, in the past, Three years, I think he said there were 200 new working laws on the 5G systems um, because of people getting fried. They were having neuro brain problems. 
skin issues, breathing issues. It's all related to 5G. It's an absolute fact. It's in writing. It's in OSHA. Uh, you can do a FOIA request and you can get FOIA Freedom of Information Act for all of you who are listening. It will tell you everything that these guys go through on these towers. But the most telling thing the guy said was that the cellular technology industry is no longer investing in newer technologies because to go any faster would fry your brain. Yes, I, you know, that, 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 that stuns me about people because I can remember this, this one guy, I'm trying to think of who it was, but he, there was this guy, a worker on one of those towers, and he was taking a lunch break. And so this guy that's making this report um, goes up and just sort of nonchalantly is talking to him. And, um, you know, it, it, I guess the probably felt safe. And I, I think that people need to, t to say things. They need to get their own doubts oh, yeah. out, yeah. you know. And um, he was saying that they used to be required to have a meter on them on their uniform at any time they were working on it. And he says now they prohibit meters. So you don't know how bad it is. Yeah, they don't they don't put the meters on it, but they limit the time. So what they've done is we call it a, uh, engineering protocol or engineering practice, and they've transferred the documentation principle of the problem from we can't hide this to now, if we had to, we could hide this, but we're going to acknowledge that we need to do a couple of things. So if you have a meter, you have to document the meter, calibrate the meter, send the meter in. So you need two meters. Um, just thinking about all that. It's amazing what you can go through just to enter a tank in government operation or like at a refinery. I used to work at one of those. One of our propane spears had a 10 mile blast radius. So. Um, you just, you're working around it, you got to kind of be careful. And I imagine it's got to be the same way. You know, just got to be careful. You got to know what you're doing. Mark, you've been quiet. You got any uh, observations? Yeah, so I guess what I'm, gonna, what I'm hearing or maybe understanding is even though um, if you're in that environment, you know, you got the shungite on you. But there is a transference of um, another person's frequency as in emotions or thought forms that is still happening despite Shungai being there. Um, is, that, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, you're, you're hearing that um, correctly because that's what happened that day. But on a normal day, that stuff doesn't get through to me. So the unfortunate thing is because of the nature of my industry and the fact that I work on this under the cell towers and I have these people around me, as Yasmin calls it, I run the enterprise with her shields like a quarter of the way up every day. So my shields are kind of all the way up and the way I make sure that they're projected as up and friendly to those around me is to make sure that I keep them well fed and well happy and if they're out of paper towels, when I'm out and about, I pick them up, you know. They need a donut or an ice cream on a hot day, I make sure they get it. But I use these tools in my toolbox to keep me mentally stable and keep the shields up. This particular day, my shields were up, my 
my world was good, you know. But proximity, I think, might be an issue here because he was, they, they right. were all We were all in, in the room. same room, yeah. right? I may never have felt it in my normal day because usually we, we breeze by each other, but for 21 minutes in the morning, we do a shift change where the operators change. The night guy goes home and the day guy begins and the plant operator's there and the the two, three, four, five of us working, and it changes every day, could be there. And it was just one of those days where there were three mechanics and and four, four operators. And I was looking at this guy like, man, I'm just gonna rip something off the wall and throw it at him. And I'm, you know, it took me a second. I actually walked to get a cup of tea and walked back in the room and went, wow, that was kind of weird. And, and, that, helped, <laughs> and that helped you to get like further away from him. Yeah, as soon as I got out of the room, I realized that there was something critically wrong, and I knew it wasn't me. Since okay, Doctor Doctor Young says that that that, that uh, antenna system coming off of people is on is 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 six feet. The social distancing thing—it just happens to be six feet. So yeah, if you walked out of the room and then felt better, it's conceivable that somebody in that room may have had some kind of a. Uh, transmitter that was actually, you know, making the the signal from the 5G even worse, even though the 5G hadn't been adjusted. Right, right. And it could be that that rage was needed to be directed somewhere else entirely. But because we hit that mutual mark distance, whatever things were open in the universe, there's the doorway, here's the hole. Boom, this thing bounced off me. When I was getting that cup of tea, I was like, well, this ain't right. What am I pissed at this guy for? You know, I was like, I'm like walking around going, you know, if you were a psychotically unbalanced or maybe mentally disturbed people, and, and if you are listening, I'm really sorry for you, and I hope that you get the assistance you need. But if you are, and you had that same instance happen to you, I don't know how another person might have reacted. I mean, I knew something was way wrong. But I've worked with people that used to go to bars every night and drink just to get into a fight. You know, that kind of person doesn't have that filter or, or shield or screen or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they, they don't have the ability to They're throwing take down. A, yeah, yeah. yeah. That guy went berserk at work. Now I know why. <laughs> Well, and and you said that the the he was having trouble with everybody he was meeting. Well, that was probably because he had put him in the same state that you got into, and they were just reacting to him. Right, and but he, you can't yeah. tell somebody that. You can't tell somebody, "Hey, you're a dork. It's all your fault." Well, why so, not? Well, because because first of all, we're running a radio station that's supposed to be positive and healing, you know. So we're trying to give some sort of advice that's helpful. No, but it is if they if they if they don't understand. If, if you keep, you know, saying that this, you know, it's outside of me, you're never going to be healed. You have to know, well, is there right. something inside of you? You right. know, let's so you look at to, that first. Yeah, and, so you have to, you know, some horses you can lead them water and you can't, you can make them drink. Some horses you can lead them water, they'll just go die of thirst. And this one of those guys, pretty strong guy. And so that's why I tried the name game on him. It's a really simple trick. It is a trick, but it's a, uh, it's a tool. It's like a screwdriver. Um, you use it, especially if you're new to marketing. I mean, if I could pick every 
14, 15, 16, 17 year old kid that I ever met outside of scouting that was working with me, I would tell him this right now, learn everybody's name. I don't care if they're the drive-through person, learn their name, learn their name, learn their name. Your job, your life, especially in sales, customer service, on the phone, whatever, gonna get better. It's gonna get a lot better. That, and it, it lowers your rate. I, I love those stores that they have the name tags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're great. You know, you just look, you, you learn, you train yourself to look down at the name tag. Yeah, everybody in, everybody in Pete's, I go into Pete's every morning. I can't afford it, but I go there. It cost me like 12 bucks. I don't care. Melanie, Kendra, um, what's the, Izzy, um, Drew, David, David owns the place. Okay, I know all their names, right? David does not have a tag. Drew does not have a tag half the time. They all know my name. I'm a customer. They all know me. They know what car I drive. My drink has started before I get through the door. I can't change my mind now. <laughs> <laughs> I have to warn them ahead of time. I might have tea tomorrow. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's fun. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it'll help them out. Mark. Anything? Was there anything done with the um the the tower in terms of uh I know there's a limitation in terms of shun guiding the tower or anything like that, but was there any yeah, ideas absolutely. as far as um approximating something, you know, for the yeah, benefit so you, of people around it? So I'm gonna give you the um the best advice I can give anybody when it comes to towers, stay away from them. If you're caught even throwing Shungite over the fence on film, you could be held accountable for discussing interfering with a federal communications conduit. That is an incredibly harsh reality. Yeah, yeah what does that say? <laughs> it just says that I'm on camera 24 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you were just, if you were a random person that they didn't know who you were, it'd be different. It'd be different. There Maybe that tower, like the one near, where is that? Walnut Grove? The Twin Cities one the kid climbed? Yeah. One of my Sea Scouts climbed it, put his t-shirt up that thing in the middle of the night. 17-year-old kid made it up over 300 feet on that tower without killing himself. Could you imagine where the news cameras would be when that one happened? Luckily, all we saw was a t-shirt. That only cost us 10,000 bucks. That was in the 80s. Yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, what I'd always recommended on uh, the Shungite show is, um, and I, I do this for, for friends and family, is I, I get the S4 powder, um, the silver Shungite powder, which is more powerful than the raw you know, uh, regular Shungite powder, and that put it um, in their shoes. I mean, like, uh, sort of around, not at the bottom, because then it could kind of get lost, but sort of if there's any black on the shoe, then I put the, rub the powder on there, so it doesn't look like there's anything. Um, Nancy, do you think that's enough as far as giving people the field of protection? Just by having it on the, in the, on the shoes? If they're wearing the shoes, obviously, but yeah, on the shoes, and while they're going about, you know, their day. My my one, my first go-to is the shungite rubber in the shoes, because 
it, it's continually every it's continually putting you in a stability field. You, you're always when you're on that shungite, it's it wanting to adjust you, and the you know it's one thing to say it's it's adjusting you, but what do you mean? Well, I'll tell you. Ever since I found the shungite rubber, I don't go to the chiropractor, and I had gone for, to the chiropractor, you know for 25 years and once I got the the shungite rubber I realized I was not needing the chiropractor and but just to make sure I went in a few times and 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 he wasn't charging me it wasn't a money thing though I don't I can't afford or I don't want to because I'm no they were my friends I had no excuse not to go but I didn't need to go so from that standpoint alone but having worked with all the different types of, of shungite devices. The 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 pendant can can people wear pendants, uh, Bob? Well, yeah, we're done. How do I put this? So it's not that you can't have shungite on the premises. It's just that you can't be seen physically dropping anything around the plant. That's just bottom line. Uh, there's lots of reasons why, and the more I talk about it, the the worse it gets because it's the more anal it's going to seem to all of you, but um the so i wear you know shungite all day long i don't put it in my uniform because my uniforms go in and out every night they go in and out on a truck i can't keep track of stuff i have three nodes yags mean gave me i keep those in my pocket or if i can't keep them in my pocket due to the work that i'm doing and i can't sometimes um they're in my truck around my desk um, it's just the way it is. It's like my wedding ring. I'm not wearing it now. It's probably in my car. I probably took it off. Why? Because I work with grinders. I don't wear contacts because I work with welders. Um, you know, I you you kind of learn to adjust all these things. But yeah, I have shine got around me, and I do what I can for the people I work with. But understand that there's very few of us. There's twelve of us, and uh, one of them's more of a renaissance man than I am. He knows more about movies than I do. That I find that very odd and scary. He's been to the Vatican. I find that even more odd and scary. And he's got a sense of humor. It's just incredible. And he lets me work autonomously. So I just love working for him. I've got, you know, Birkenstock wearing operators and I've got guys that rip apart trucks. I mean, that's what I got. I got everybody. No normal people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what's normal? <laughs> right. They're all really good cooks. They all outcook each other. That's the weird part. Uh, so, yeah, I, my no. mind, what's normal too, Yasmin? Is there anything <laughs> normal anymore? Oh, sorry, but, uh, Mark, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, obviously, ideally, like if a person is willing to put something in their shoe as the rubber, yeah, that'd be great. But I mean, we're still in... in, in the place where, especially for kids, they don't want to wear anything or they forget about the, the necklace or the bracelet. That's why it's like if it's in the shoe, it's like you don't even have to think about it. It's already there. Um, and that's kind of for the benefit of the people that are around in the group. That's why I'm, I, you know, I was leaning towards yeah. uh, the shoe thing because it's just easier because you're not engaging the limited conscious mind. Like in um, what do you call it? The old ways of initiation. When, when, um, as far as I understand, when people, when um, individuals go on a vision quest or go into the forest, it's to 
uh, bypass the conscious mind. I'm not necessarily shattering or destroying it, but it, it's there. There's a there's a gap there that is a huge limitation, especially since we're focusing on new earth and what's taken so long in this. It's the conscious mind and the old programming that's there. Right. So how easy is it? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say you'd have to look at what you call your transitioning rate. So in order yeah. for me to get from they have no clue what I'm talking about to having them put shungite in the bottom of the shoe would take me probably about two years of working on. So I, I finally got one of them to the point to give up coffee and go after green tea. And that was the guy that got hurt. So I wasn't really good with the outcome of that. But I agree with what you're saying. If if I could get the gearheads to embrace the Zen um, and the openings of what you're discussing, I would do it in a heartbeat. And so oddly enough, um, bringing us to the radio station, yeah, I can I can talk about the radio station at work and I'm starting to bring the gearheads and the um, barbecue guys and the off-road racer that does King of the Hammers or King of the West or whatever it is. I can't remember in the dirt car guys. I'm actually going out and engaging them one-on-one and talking to them about uh, meditation, spirituality, shungite, cell towers, uh, conspiracy theory stuff, all that kind of stuff that they wouldn't talk about with their buddies because they were like, well, my buddy's into dirt racing. They don't talk about that stuff. But we're doing it in very small doses. Right, so, right. You know, They're coming to us now. The, the radio station is, you know, kind of has this facade of it's there to entertain people through rock and roll music and and you know interviews now with uh some racing teams right but um you know within that we're just planting little seeds we have like little five minute spots we get from people that you know just to get people thinking a little bit and kind of slough off some of that resistant layer to you know other possibilities so that's kind of where we're shaping that <laughs> right and and the, the guys i work with are, are much like these for, for example when we launched the radio station i went and got back in touch with this guy gary thomas who was a he was an up-and-coming track announcer when i met him in 2007 and i met him for probably an hour um, but he made a, a lasting impression on me because he was really interested in what he was doing and the way he was going to do it. And the guy I was working with, uh, another racing promoter at the time, said, you ought to watch this kid, you know. And I was like, well, what's his name? You know, And they said, oh, it's Gary Thomas. And I went, yeah, like I'm going to remember that. you know. And so I ended up leaving the racing industry in like, I don't know, four or five months after meeting this kid in 2008. And didn't even look back when we started the radio station. And I was looking through Fenbrook. Facebook, and I saw his name, Gary Thomas, racing promoter. And I go, you know, I met this kid whose name is Gary Thomas, blah, 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 blah. And so I just friended him, and he friended me, and he friended uh, the other guys that we knew that were all racing promoters at the time. And so they were ending the season up in Placerville on Sunday, and Yasmin and I went up there because it got rained out on Saturday night. We were going to spend the whole day. We were going to talk to this guy. We are going to talk to a couple other media people just for the heck of it. And so we got up there and we said, yeah, man, we're, you know, we're looking for some reports and we thought we'd get a couple of your dirt tracks. And he goes, well, you know, I travel the whole country and I, you know, I spend my whole year going around to these places and all that. And he goes, well, what are you going to do with it? And I told him, I said, well, I'm going to put it on the radio and 
because I think people look for Zen out there and he goes, oh, no, they do. They try to square themselves inside the race car. It's their Zen zone. You'd, you'd think they were being any, they all say it. They don't say it to each other, but they tell all the other people that that's where they go to find their inner peace is out there on the track beating up on other people. <laughs> so we said, we got to put these two together. This could be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get them talking. I had seen a race car driver, one of the, um, you know, uh, the, the formula, the ones that they race through the cities and stuff, you know. Grand but Prix. he was, he, yeah, but he was also on a track. I mean, he did both things. And he was talking about, when you get into extreme speed, you can see the expression of the people in in the crowd. That time just shifts into a way where everything is almost standing still. And I thought that that was a very profound. You know, when you go in at those speeds, and and who knows what happens, because everything is relative to place and space. So it may be that when you are in the car and you are changing your relationship, because remember, it's place and space. So if we're, if we're the space and you're in a car that's going faster than anybody else, your place in the universe is changing continually at a faster rate. Right. So maybe it does, you know, do some kind of a harmonic reprogramming of your brain where you are environmentally forced into a state of meditation or zen know what i'm saying yeah and it it also because the margin of error is like so critically small um it kind of forces people to be in a state of now and be fully present on the task at hand yeah, that's that's going to be the case because I know, you know, I was uh, I wasn't in an accident, but a situation occurred where a double trailer it was empty. The second trailer, the probably two 30 footers, but the second flat trailer came loose and they have air braking systems. And when they come loose, the air brakes are supposed to automatically lock. That's the theory. They're supposed to automatically lock, which causes the trailer to basically stop in the middle of the road and you run into it. Well, that didn't happen Two, probably two tires locked, but when it came loose, it jackknifed and the front tire locked, but the back tire was still trying to go forward, kind of rolling. So it endowed and that's when it went up in the air about, I don't know, 40 or 50 feet because it was doing 65 or 70. And it was in front of me a couple of car links and when i drove underneath it and it was on its way back down i could look up at it and i could see the deck upside down above me as i looked up thinking this is the last thing i'm going to see and i could see the zip ties around the chain holders on the chain of the trailer and it was in slow motion absolutely i could tell you that they were red they were locked they were zip tied through the handle they were exactly how i would have done it i was impressed that I was going to die by a trailer that was so meticulously <laughs> maintained. And it, it flew right over the top of my truck. And I just went, I was on the phone. I was on a Bluetooth. I went right around it, underneath it. I just, I missed everything. 
And I looked back and there's this trailer upside down in the middle of I-5 and I went, okay. Well, obviously you're being protected. You don't even have to be in a dangerous job. You were in a car on the highway. Right, but at that speed, at that time, I could tell you, I can tell you to this day, I can chart it out on paper, how I drove, how the chair, trailer moved, how it fell, where it landed, all of it, all of it, probably to the, to the it, and could, it And that could be brought on by super focus. Or yeah, it could be the same for those guys in the cars because there's 30 of them on a track. It's a quarter of a mile long. So it's only an eighth of a mile is the stretch. You know, I mean, you sit there and drink your beer and you watch these guys drive around in circles. They're right in front of you like they're in your living room. It's a mixing bowl. Oh, yeah. Chili bowls coming up, too. They do it inside of a they go inside of a dome and they run these things in a circle called chili bowl. It's actually really fun to watch. It's like watching a popcorn maker with <laughs> little it's little race cars. You know. Well, it, it's a different type of experience. Let's put it that way. I just all of a sudden saw an aborigine getting in one of these cars and, and going for a ride. <laughs> it just, you know, it just jumped into my head, and and wouldn't that be a reality shocker? Well, yeah, everybody talks about like athletes, like the baseball players. They take their shoes off, they run their toes through the grass when they're on natural field. The football players do the same thing. Uh, Danica Patrick, she's a race car driver. She's supposed to be into the Zen. She does Zen meditation stuff like that. Laird Hamilton, he's a, a life coach. He's a Zen. Reiki guys married to a Reiki master. Um, he sits out on the side of the hills before he goes surfing. You know, the, all the natural folks do it. We all go, oh, yeah, that makes sense, right? Be bopping through the forest. We go, that makes absolute sense. We never look for the mechanical people. You tell me those guys running those motorcycles down those dirt trails on the side of the mountains in Utah are all just doing it for the motor? Some are doing it for the experience, and if they're doing it for the experience, the type that are going to go looking for it, and they can find it sitting still, too. Let's go find out what they're up to. Let's learn how to talk to them, because if we don't, we'll just keep separating ourselves, and they're actually having a lot of fun. <laughs> so how is the station doing? Tell, uh, people, tell people a little bit about it. Well, okay, cool. Thank you very much. We'd love to do that. Um, should I? Yeah, yeah go, okay. Go for it. <laughs> okay, well, Radio Bob um, is a uh, limited broadcast schedule online daily, um, usually from around uh, 545 in the morning, weekdays, till nine o'clock in the evenings. And then it's uh, usually eight to 10 on Sundays. Uh, its primary focus is to help you and heal you by giving you suggestions, words of wisdom, thoughts, things to consider, ways to communicate. And in order to keep you interested in hearing these things every now and then, we run a daily schedule of classic rock, uh, rotated through five different playlists so you don't hopefully hear the same song twice in one day, let alone twice in two days or twice in three days. It's supposed to be about a one in four day rotation. Um, we run some soft rock occasionally in the mid-evenings. Uh, we run this thing called Wild Wednesday where you can hear anything from jazz, rock and roll, blues, a little bit of country, a little bit of southern um, pop music. Um, we do the same things on Friday. Saturday, we run a Grateful Dead show at 2 o'clock. We'll be running uh, some sports updates. Those will be mechanically fuel-injected zen uh, motor racing sports from around the country. Um, so we're looking forward to getting some results on those. 
Uh, we'll be talking about traveling and hiking and surfing and stuff like that as well into Saturday evenings. Uh, we hope to add a couple more music shows on that. We have a premier jazz show that runs on Sundays. Sundays are usually a little more mellow, a little more jazz, a little more blues. Um, occasionally we'll do a radio interview. Our nights are mixed with some tarot readings, some horoscopes, some life balance talks. Uh, we run a, a specialist known as Rich Lop. He's a no BS talent tarot reader, does horoscopes. He lets you know exactly how it's going to be. So if he tells you to stay inside, you ought to do it. Um, we also run Ryan J. Cropper from the UK. He's an astral projectionist. We talk with uh spencer jones occasionally and the energy hub which we'd like to give a really big shout out to spencer is a wonderful human being yasmin's done manifestation classes for him um she'll be doing some of those online she'll be doing some live calls uh, we'll be doing she and i'll be doing a program called our damn show where we'll be taking live calls uh, that'll start probably in january uh, we started out getting uh, roughly 10 hits a day when we launched the website some 60 days ago, figuring that we'd be about four or 5,000 hits. Right about now, we're at 21,000 hits. We average 100 hits a week. We have a couple of vendors, but we'd like to get some more on there to help us. We launched a crowdfunding campaign. We just signed um, six racetracks to help support. So. Hopefully the Radio Bob logo will go on these racetracks throughout Northern California and Tennessee uh, by mid next year as sponsors. We're sponsoring a road circuit car. It's probably gonna cost us about $500 next year, but it'll be on 11 road courses throughout California with our logo on it. And we'll talk about Jade and his quest for Zen inside of his BMW. Um, there's more music PR magazine shout out to them uh, agreed the night before Thanksgiving to come on board on a reciprocal marketing approach. They reach about 15,000 online every week. Um, so we'll be promoting them. They'll be promoting us. Uh, there was one more United States Coast Guard. Oh, Coast Guard. Yep, yep. Oh, and yeah. So the United States Coast Guard, why do we talk to them? Well, they're wonderful. They're great people. They've saved my ass a couple of times out on the water. I owe them everything. Um, so we'll be doing letters from home uh, for personnel that can't go home. We're going to do a show for them about an hour long uh, over the Christmas holidays so they can uh, talk to mom and dad and you can hear what they go through um, and tell them about Aline Jewel. Yeah. And uh, we're actually going to be in your neck of the woods, Mark. Uh, yeah. And you managed in Berkeley. She's playing. And we managed to get 10 minutes with her. And we'll see what we can get yeah. her to say for us. <laughs> so we got to teach Yasmin how to do these promos a little bit better. So we're going to meet uh, Elin Jewell, yeah. who is a country western singer. She's incredibly well known she's been around for 15 years small venues so usually 1200 people or less is what we call small venue singer but she's done i don't know how many albums nine ten albums she covers rock songs um for fun so she does creedence songs and she does old uh you know stuff like that so she sings mostly country but she does these two songs shaking all over and green river which are both covers 
and they're incredible. They're incredible, strong guitar wrists. I admire them greatly um, enough to find out who she was. And so as soon as we launched the station, she was one of my, what I call the essence of the sirens of rock. When she sings, you pay attention, she gets you moving. And so I, I've been Facebooking her agent and I've come to realize how certain people get media in the United States is you don't have one agent just working for you. What you do is you call local talent and they set you up with all the local interviews. So you don't have to go find out who the radio stations are, or the TV guys are or anything like that. You just tell them you come into town, they take care of it. So I kept getting moved around and moved around and moved around. Well, I finally got the guy that was in Berkeley and it turns out she's coming there on December 8th. So yeah, we're gonna go down and get 10 minutes. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, very cool. I'll check that out. Yep. And I think we're at 94 listeners a week. Yeah. So that's unique, um, Nancy. That's that's not returns. So we're expanding. Say, say that again. You're getting 94 a week more. Are new ones? Yeah. 94 unique a week. So, well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, is is the audience growing? Well, right. So our our launch was September first, and you know those days don't count, but you kind of keep track of them. So we were getting like thirty people a day on the first day, and then we were averaging like twelve to eighteen people a day. But that wasn't unique. There were only like four or five people after that first week that were unique every day. And so now we're getting 90 a week. So if you take that, you just divide it by seven, you get 10. So we're getting 10 new listeners every day. And then our website gets visited by anywhere up to 25 to 30 new, unique people coming at us every day after only being online two months. So you guys have the uh, the radio station over the Eagle, right? <laughs> That's what's blasting and boosting things. Oh, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure it is. I'm sure it is. I'm out there thanking it all the time. You know, it gave me some lovely weather last weekend. Yeah. It was tasty. I mean, it's made it cold as heck, and you know it. But, um, yeah, I love but, the Eagle. Well, you know, going back to, you know, updates on the eagle we had an incredibly mild summer and that wasn't by accident um no. i actually asked hold the on, eagle hold on, hold on a second people may not know about the eagle okay, okay. It, it's an energy device that's built by walt silva and it's based on old technology rife and other people who have worked in this field of enterology understanding everything is energy and this happens to be a based on what was called the cloud buster. And if you want to know more about it, just look up cloud buster. It, it's a it is not a woo woo thing. It is something that's been out there. Um, so Mark actually bought one from Walt, and then he realized that he didn't have the facilities to actually house this particular unit because you have to have it in the ground to get it to work. It's designed to uh, to make a conduit of communication between the ground and the 
the sky because that's how Mother Nature talks to itself. Oh, we're a little dry down there. We better rain. Oh, we're got too much rain. We better stop. It, it's a it's a natural phenomenon that rules nature, but with all the technology and all the screw ups, that a lot of that signaling between Mother Nature is is being lost. This happens to be a way of reinstating it. And what we've learned is that it because it's based on Shanghai, his eagles are based on Shanghai and other things, but Shanghai is the thing that keeps it always in operation, always moving. It doesn't need to be recharged or replenished or any of that. It continually keeps moving and you get the ability to use that signaling to not just allow the communication so you're controlling your local weather basically but you're also able to put that energy field of your own thought into the system which your your thought is the power base the thought itself the thought form is as mark mentioned earlier but it can travel in the same way that the communications like a communications channel that you're just adding your message to would that be accurate you guys i mean you've all played with it that's that's the basics of it right yeah and um it i mean it, yeah, it takes a disagreement but yes <laughs> <laughs> well it takes a while to kind of and the only thing the only limitation really is our our thought process right but once you get used to working with it it's um very very easy and fluid and um you know, in past shows, I've discussed, you know, how we used it to help with the fires and also um, this, the previous winter that we had um, fill up the reservoirs in California. And, um, you know, earlier in the summer, after we had all that wonderful rain to um, put an end to the drought in California, um you know, they were pumping out on the news, you know, oh, well, you know, we're expecting this horribly hot summer now, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, nope, nope. not going to happen. <laughs> I don't want that. You know, I only want a few days up in the Sacramento area that are over 100 degrees, not the whole freaking summer. And so... Um, I worked with the Eagle and asked it for that. And lo and behold, we re we had a very mild summer up here. And um, so far, and then, you know, the cost of um, uh, gas has really gone up. And, you know, out here in California, that's what most people use to heat their homes with and the natural gas. and Which is why we're getting rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, you know, so, you know, with cooler temperatures coming on in the winter, you know, there was this fear again of, you know, gas rates are super high and it's going to be a really cold winter. And I said, nope, I don't want that. I don't want people to, you know, have to spend a bunch of money on utility bills. That's that's not in my reality. So I asked for the Eagle and up here, I Mark can kind of talk about what he's experienced in his area, but up here where we get cold because we're pretty close to the mountains, 
it really didn't start getting super cold where we even had to turn on the heater until a couple weeks ago. So um, I, Bob likes to call it kind of surfing the universal energy and making well, small right. adjustments. <laughs> okay, so so let's be a little clear here about the woo. Um, when Yasmin talks about working with the eagle and Mark, you may have a thought on this, but let's get down to the basics. So she says, hey, we're going to put this thing in our backyard. And I'm like, what thing? Mark's going to bring it up. Who's Mark? That kind of thing, <laughs> right? And so she tells me about the eagle and how it's built, and he's going to bring it up. And I'm like, okay. And in thinking about it, I'm wondering if that its connection in the universe does make a difference, and Mark, that it actually got lucky by not going into your area because when it's down there it's basically in a marsh between a couple of hills and it's weather being is in a more stable environment you don't get as cold um, you can get cold you get some cold rain but you really don't get to freezing because you have the ocean and the salt so you're going to have a different frequency feeling and interactivity with it because it's in a salt water environment it's on a marsh if it was AM radio, it'd be really happy to be there, but it's not. Um, on the other hand, up here where we are, it's sitting on this giant pile of minerals. Now, there's not a lot of gold up here because most of that's been paid out. Um, but I grew, I've been here as a kid before these houses were here. My mom grew up here on this ranch that the Eagles planted on which is just laden with natural aquifers of granite and other materials. So it it probably functions differently up here and interacts differently. Well, Yasmin goes out and she tries to steer it like a ship. She controls the rudder and she talks to it, tries to encourage its speed and and kind of work with it. And I don't I don't do that. I surf with it. If the eagle has decided that today's gonna be sunny and hot, I don't get mad at it. I don't try to change its opinion or anything like that. I'm going, okay, thanks for the hot day. Thanks so much, man. Bring it on, right? Go ahead. It's good. I'm good with you because you're doing what you think is right. And so when I work with Eagle, it's like that. It's I surf its intentions and keep it clean and keep the leaves off of it and make sure it's supposed to be doing what it's doing, but I don't, I don't ask it for anything. I just say thank you for all that I get from it. And I'm a little bit more intentional with yeah. what I want it to do. Yeah. So, yeah, but I don't know. Um, Mark, do you want to share your thoughts about um, what we've been seeing in California with the weather and all that? <clears throat> yeah, just to, I guess, start from the beginning is um, uh, we first met you in, in the Shungite show, uh, uh, the Facebook group. And it kind of just built from there. And then uh, it was a good back and forth with everybody. And then being on, on the Shungite show radio, uh, which all led up to this. But um, <clears throat> as far as up here, because I, I, I do have like 10 um, natural foods accounts. I work in uh, SF and basically around East Bay, like Oakland, Berkeley. Uh, oh, and <clears throat> yeah, I'll try to make that... that uh, uh, music performance on 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 I think it's Friday the eighth, right? It's Berkeley's an interesting choice because 
you know, I mean, next to SF being the most uh, shungited for the grid, uh, Berkeley is the, the the number two, and I've lost some cosmic, uh, what do you call it, cosmic um, silver <clears throat> shungite rocks there. Uh, and so what ended up happening maybe what um, two, three years ago is uh, that was the one city out of, you know, because the, the, the county here is, is Berkeley, Oakland, and 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 that's like the let's say the left and then the right is like livermore and then past the hills and so it's kind of a half and half but berkeley was the only city that did not have uh uh mask mandates and then had had rescinded it early so i i attribute that to the shungite so um interesting synchronicity there so i'll, I'll try oh, to wow. make that yeah um, the weather here has been been good because uh, I, I for my second job I do deliveries in SF and like up in the hills Pacifica by the water and um, it's been tolerable uh, a little rain here and there but um, nothing nothing uh, thick you know no crazy fog or anything so it, it's been good yeah good yeah and as a side note I was actually born in Berkeley so I have a strong tie there. <laughs> So, um, you know, and that's really interesting to hear about it's been a little bit more progressive. So, yeah. Yeah, the, um, I listen to Paul Preston a lot. He's the um, New California um, uh, president. And oh, what was I leading up to? Oh, I forgot. Anyway, I'll, it, it'll come back to me. He has a lot of things to say. Oh, oh, he said that California is essentially a deep red state because he has all of the connections to the algorithms and how the voter fraud happened. So that doesn't surprise me because things have been so screwed up in, you know, uh, media and then at the top and <clears throat> these odd people getting in, into high positions. So it just made complete sense to me that, yeah, of course, like you don't get a Trump billboard in 2020 out of nowhere. In like um, right next to the Whole Foods and Sprouts in, in, in Berkeley. It's just right there, like the main bottleneck thoroughfare in, <clears throat> in between um, Oakland and then SF. And then boom, there's just like a big. So uh, whether you hate or like him, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's just a shift in um, a transition into people's mindset. That, that's kind of the point. And, and movement towards decentralization, which what Shungite gives us in a personal and uh, soul level. So anyway, back to you guys. Yeah, that that's super interesting because, you know, while I was living there um, and growing up in Berkeley and the surrounding areas, I we pretty much stayed on the East Bay, um, Berkeley, El Cerrito, Richmond areas. Um, very incredibly liberal, so you know, to have a Trump sign there, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, so, something's brewing under the surface. You said it was a Trump 2020 sign or 24? No, this was back um, two, three years oh, ago, okay, right, okay. Like, right before uh, the 2020 voting happened. And oh, I, okay. I took pictures of it. It's like, you don't see this in Berkeley every day, let alone every year. So, like, you know, get a piece of history. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... It, it, it's it's funny. Um, can I almost call it aesthetic terrorism in the old school occult uh, terminology. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So um, you 
Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Mark. Oh, yeah, okay. So uh, anything else on the Eagle as far as updates or little um, tweaks of what we could expect of a forecast for the next two, three months maybe? Because we're going into winter now a little bit thicker. Uh, yeah, and into, into the holidays. So we're, we're kind of um, wanting to get some more moisture, and we have been getting light rain. Um, more snow, about the same as last year. More rain, a little bit more than last year, well, but not as heavy and not as bad. Yeah, and they're, they're kind of, what are, I haven't been keeping track with the drought stuff, but you know, because you're, you're, That's the best you're in the water around. treatment. Yeah, are yeah, they still claiming? That's the best guess I have for next year. Okay. But are they claiming that we're still in a drought? Mm -mm. Okay. Because I know there was some of that going on where um, it seemed like the drought was being artificially pushed because um, Funding. Our, our friend Gavin Newsom was uh, getting money for keeping us in a perpetual state of emergency. So that's kind of whether or not there was a real drought going on that was what was being told to us um to get the funding money so but we're putting an end to that right <laughs> yeah good good mention on that because uh what was it a week or two ago um they had the apec asian pacific economic conference in sf and i was going in, into my accounts and there were police everywhere this one street was completely blocked off so i had to go around and, and find a way to get to my account and like what's going on here and then obviously china's president was coming in the governor and then of course the fake president biden right so you know all those people got doused in um <clears throat> waltz uh, rose heart resonator so I, I take pride in that uh <laughs> um them getting a whole nice. piece of that yeah <laughs> very nice well done <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, what did you guys want to get into next? Uh, what do you want to talk about? You you had done a manifestation uh, course. Do you want to cover what you did, or you know, I think these things are important to people to know that they they have you have. Yeah, absolutely. I I can get into that. So, um, you know, I I had actually done this same type of class before um, right after the Paradise Fires and so I made some trips up there and gotten a small group together and done things to kind of manifest something small to kind of get people who are having trouble believing that this can actually happen and that you can mold your reality um, just, you know, get them to see for themselves and do it for themselves. So, you know, you can, you can read about it in a book. You can, you know, take classes on manifestation. They can give you all the techniques and stuff. But if you don't actually try and do it yourself, it's, um, it, it, I mean, you, you understand it, but you don't understand it on an experiential level. And once you get to the point where you've actually manifested something on command, it, it kind of shifts your whole way of thinking. And 
um, yeah, you understood it was possible before, but once it actually happens, you're, you're kind of like, whoa. <laughs> and so, um, I, again, on Facebook, uh, this guy, Spencer Jones, he runs the energy hub. Um, it's kind of a positivity group on Facebook and you just, you join, it's free and there's just a nice group of people from all walks of life. And we just put out positive messaging to each other just to kind of help uplift and raise the frequency. And he's very much on board of, he wants to raise the frequency of this planet. And so I taught the manifestation course there and I started with uh, just taking them through a progressive relaxation method that um, is actually designed by the Monroe Institute. So it's uh, it, there's scientific backing behind it that it gets you into a certain state where your mind is very clear and alert, but your body is completely relaxed. And that state is very effective for just, you know, planting seeds and um, getting them to grow. And so in, in terms of manifestation, so I went ahead and uh, walked them through this and had them um, visualize and um, just conjure up an image and, you know, smells, you know, touch, feel, uh, you know, to manifest a blue feather. And, you know, then Spencer put out the challenge out there. He's like, well, you know, once you manifest your blue feather, just, you know, uh, throw it out there on the energy hub, throw a picture of that out. So uh, a lot of people had some success when, one gal manifested her blue feather within a few hours. So, um, you know, this, this stuff works. And just to kind of share what I experienced up in paradise uh, when I did this exercise with them. Um, so I drove up there and it is about a two and a half hour drive away from my house. So my mom, she was living up there at the time and I stayed the night before the class and I was writing out my little cue cards for the meditation that I was going to share and I was planning on having them manifest a cup of coffee a free cup of coffee and so I was I was just writing this all down and you know bringing up the imagery in my mind on you know how does the coffee taste how does it smell what does it look like and really getting into it. And when I drove down to Chico the next morning to do the class, um, my mom, she also came to the class. And after the meditation, she was so excited to share with me that she had actually gotten her free cup of coffee on the way into the class. So that completely blew my mind that, you know, either that energy from me transferred to her, that the whole meditation, <laughs> just she kind of absorbed it and it took. Um, or, you know, there was a time space thing that happened. It, it was just, it was really interesting. And um, 
we did this, you know, on a monthly basis. And so people who returned, you know, they, they all manifested something. So, um, it, it was very exciting. And, uh, so it, it changes someone when they can actually do that on command. It, it just shifts something within them, gets beyond the blocks and, you know, you stop doubting yourself. And I think it's very powerful. And, you know, even if they don't manifest ever again or don't do huge things, um, their, their vibration has been changed. And so I think right now it's important to share that with people. Um, Especially, especially the masses, because we we need to get we need to get things stirred up. <laughs> Jasmine Jasmine uses her manifestation techniques for coffee. I don't think that's strong enough. So so I use it for pizza, and uh, twice in the last I don't know six months I've been at work and I've started out my morning like at seven thirty. Going maybe I should have pizza for. What kind of pizza will I have? And I just really focus on it. And both times I've ended up with free pizzas. <laughs> yeah, no matter how big or small, it's like um, I've been looking into this thing of, of how to operate this external word, world with, you know, because people talk about God as being external and out there, but like there is nothing that's not of God. So if you can operate in this illusion through that divine intelligence, that's what this manifestation thing is. It's a rhythm. And I'm of the experience that um, this reality is, is, a, is a dream form. And there are other uh, realities and dimensions that are more um, uh, real than this one. But it's also up to us and how real we want to make it. So um you know lucid waking lucid dreaming is the same thing so you know these these are tools and it's great that um people come together um <clears throat> whether it's in in these social medias but it, it's it's the connection connecting the thought forms and the people's fields and uh igniting and amplifying directionalizing what you want to do so and and my experience with that was with lynn mctaggart's power of eight of uh, it just takes with two, three people, and then you can get things going no matter where you are on Earth or even past that. So, yeah, really, real important stuff to get in touch of uh, soul within the soul. Well, your, your, your station itself, and it's Radio Bob, right? Yes. What's URL right. on it? It's, URL? it's called Radio Bob, but it, you find it at radiobobusa.com. Okay. Okay. That, 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 that's an example of what I have been seeing happening for a while in that it's just like Mark is alluding to. It doesn't take very many people to make big changes. Right. And so when you go out there and well, rate, cosmic reality is a great example of it. You know, when I started out, I was with the two biggest biggest by by audience. Um, they called them radio stations then, but podcast stations. I was on both stations, had shows on both stations. And when I started my own station, I didn't want any of that audience. Because when you've got a huge, huge station, it's it's like a, you know, a shopping mall. And then you walk into a store and the store is unique and is 
the energies are more contained and it's just you know basically a nicer feel to it when you walk in the store well it's the same thing with with any of these endeavors that people make to do something it's like if you're shooting if you're trying to make a lot of money and a lot of fame well good luck and have fun because your intention is to do that but if your intention is to make a change and you're focusing on producing an environment where people are comfortable and certainly radio bob sounds like that that you get a little piece of of enlightenment you know periodically just to just to say this is who we are we talk about light and love and you know creation and and the things that really matter not the crap all out there but we also have fun with the things that are fun to 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 engage in life at the same time and to me that the key there is you don't need many people to make a massive difference because every person that listens to Radio Bob and after a while begins to change and says nothing to anybody else about, I'm, re- I'm listening to this great station. They are changing and because they're changing, the people around them are changing, whether or not they heard about Radio, 5, uh, Radio Bob at all. Yeah. And, you know, th- so... I mean, I look at the numbers, and yes, before, when I had YouTube, the numbers were climbing uh, exponentially, and then YouTube threw me off the, their platform. I wasn't, I wasn't really upset about it at all because I said the people that will find us in the smaller arena are the ones that matter. They're the ones that are going to engage in. The crazy things that we talk about and that, that we say, you know, do this and let's try this. And, you know, we, we bring out a whole lot of information that is alternative science. And I mean science by the true word of science, where you observe, you, you know, figure out what you think is happening. Try to uh, experiment to prove that that's what's happening, what it isn't, you know, the learning process. And, uh, you know, so it's just I really do honor you for going that route. And, um, you know, like I say, it's it's not just the people that listen to you. It's the people listening to you that make changes in themselves that change everything else. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. And, you know, it, it it's. It's a journey. It's an interesting journey, and it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of really proving interesting, but it's it's also neat that we can kind of separate some of the herd and bring the the uh, people on the edges into the fold. So because everybody loves music, so you know we've got people that listen to the jazz, and and hopefully they'll like the jazz show kind of thing. And we've got our Grateful Deadheads, um, a couple of guys that we talked to there. You know, hopefully we'll do the new the new show where we'll be putting people on that have never really been on the radio before. But uh, what I have been watching is what I call a media shift. So out here, the classic rock station is called The Eagle. They're run by Clear Channel. Uh, we have an indie casino four miles from here called Thunder Valley. We have an Indian casino 12 miles from here called Red Hawk. We have a, a Indian casino fake named under the Hard Rock Cafe at Fire Mountain in Marysville. Um, That's 16 miles away. And then we have two more small venues about the same size. And the same company that handles their publicity 
handles clear channels. So when you listen to clear channel on the radio, every song is guaranteed to be by the person that's coming to one of those venues next. Every song. And that's all you hear? Yeah, it gets a little boring. <laughs> it gets boring after the, after the second hour. Yeah. And people, people turn them off, and what do they do? They go to their playlist. And so they listen to their playlist, and they go, yep, heard that, fast forward, heard that, fast forward, heard that, fast forward, hear that, fast forward. And so, so it's, it's interesting for me, anyway, to be at work, and I'm, I'm actually listening to a radio station without crappy commercials. And they're telling me that, you know, maybe I should get involved, volunteer, do something, talk to somebody or whatever it is. But I'm not bored and I'm not, I can't fast forward. I can't use my hands for that. I can't watch a screen, you know. Um, Yasmin listens to podcasts like yours, Nancy, you know. We listen to a couple of people. Um, and, and they're great because we don't fast forward them. We can let them roll. Yeah. So I like that aspect of it. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to be. And I was like, I was listening to the radio yesterday. He asked me, he was like, what are you doing? I said, I'm monitoring. And so I'm just listening to music play and I'm going, what the hell is that? There's no way I'd play that crap. Well, I'd had my phone on and I was listening to Pandora and forgot that I'd switched between the two. And so there was this crummy song on and I'm looking on my radio station. I'm going through the list. And I'm going, there's no way I'm going to play that crap on my station. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you know, it's now it used to only be the Russians and I wrote about it in Cosmic Reality. But right now it's becoming a uh, thing to know about in science. And that's the ability of sound to affect your cells. Never mind the DNA, but the cells themselves. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, so, yes, I mean, a lot of damage has been done to a lot of people because they listen to certain type of music. And the fact that you are very cognizant, not of the music that might be popular, but the music that resonates with you. You're right. giving people a more uh, a, a, a beneficial sound environment versus, and the commercials are all designed to, you know, take you into a spin. Um, so, yeah, 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 everything you're doing there is right on track to make changes that, you you know, nobody's going to say, you know, you help change the world, except no. me. I'm telling you that. Everybody <laughs> that goes out there and acts in, in, we talk about God. What is God? Well, God is a creator force. That's basically all we know. It could be a computer guy somewhere in some dimension that's made this place called 3D Earth. We don't know. But we do know that the creative energy that created us, created us, and that we have creative energy. And that's what they keep trying to keep away from us knowing, is that we, we can create, we can manifest directly. Well, to Mark's uh, earlier point, and Mark, I'm, I'm sure you're still there, but uh, we talk about dimensions and we talk about traveling. I have four apartments that I have to take care of. Um, I've been doing it since I was a kid. I I know people where these apartments are. I know where my furniture is. I know how the walls should be. I know what my job is. I, I, I'm not sure exactly how I pay for it or where I eat. And I know I can fly in one of these so that I don't need to use my car because I can fly. But this is the dimension I bleed in. 
So whether it be the right dimension or the wrong dimension and where it be, I'm not really questioning, but it is the one that I bleed in. So that's the one I pay attention to kind of more physically. But I ask myself spiritually and I and I look back and I go, if I'm a spiritual person, I won't have to worry about what the tally sheet says. And, and we hear this all our lives, you know, Nancy and I, especially as young kids, maybe not you as so much as people saying, well, when you get to the gates, St. Peter's going to ask you what you did, what you did. And you got to tell him, you got to make good on it. And I'm like, really? I do? Because a spiritual person says, no, I don't. I don't need to be telling St. Peter what's up. I mean, there was somebody before St. Peter. Was he the boatman? Was he the guy on the river sticks I gave my two coins to to put over my eyes? I mean, is he Anubis with his scales in the Egyptian culture? I mean, is that really the same dude? Or should we just get honest? And what we're talking about is when we get done with ourselves, we ask ourselves, how do we want to be known on a way out? Is that the... Is that the viable outcome? And in the physical world, it very well might be, but I think it limits us. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, um, sorry, Nancy. someone once said to me that the only goal in life should be that your memory makes people smile. And I just thought that, yeah, that, you know, that key to key to key to make a successful journey. Let's put it that way. Mark, sorry. No, just adding to that. Um, I mean, we're coming into different technologies as as manifestation and longevity, life extension, reverse aging, even, and it, it's all public. Like, just get out there, test it, and measure it for yourself. And and you know, that's what we're here for: decentralization. So. Yeah, I had a thing with that too, with with different um, aspects of ourselves in diff, you know time, space, dimensions, whatever. Uh, and so, <clears throat> just trying to connect, you know, trying trying to find a thread that connects that that. But um, I really like Richard Allen Miller. He has a new book out about this, where um, that idea of a woman saving a child in a car accident, lifting the car. Like, what is that? And it it's when you're in a different dimension, accessing different dimensions and bringing them here, a different a different version of yourself and bringing it here, there's different laws of physics. And so, you know how they say that movies are pretty much a form of disclosure. So you've got Doctor Strange and then the uh, everything everywhere all at once. That's what they're telling us. And my experience with that, personal experience, is matrix energetics. That's what you're doing is there are all of these fields around and it's just a matter of intention and directionalizing of tapping into whatever field of you know art or whatever and then bringing it into yourself and having that ripple out so it's just variations of the same thing um so a lot of things to play with so it's things are getting more fun you know yeah but bob's been telling me about his dreams for years now and all the all the different situations and dimensions he he works in um it's definitely interesting and you know for a while i went through a period where i didn't even remember my dreams so it, it was interesting to explore his um but yeah definitely the manifestation piece is really key and i i think you know if you can get people to recognize their own power and 
actually do one small step where they're actually using it and feeling what that feels like to actually be really one with the universe and co-creating um that's definitely life-changing and you know something they can't really deny um going forward and it just changes their entire frequency and who they are and how they choose to move forward in the world after that experience so um Definitely going back to uh, vibration, resonance, harmonics. You know, you you change a person even with a small thing like that. And everyone they interact with is going to feel something's different about them. So, well, we, we were talking we were talking yesterday, Mark and Nancy to uh, Dahlia Rose. She's in Virginia. She's about 40 minutes she thinks of everything in time. She doesn't think of things in distance. It's kind of weird. Um, so we asked her how far from Washington she was. She goes, I don't know how many miles it is. It takes me about 40 minutes to get there. So that's where she is. And she's a manifestation crystal person. Well, she's, she's, a, she's a healer, but she's really into crystals. Really into crystals. Yeah. And so I was talking to her about tactile feelings in crystals and interstitial space. And she was kind of like, what? I'm like, well, density. Right. I mean, we don't we don't carry around a density chart when we go into the rock shop. Right. That's what I call it, the rock shop. Yasmin calls it the crystal store. Well, we don't carry that density chart to figure out the weight difference between a piece of black tourmaline and a piece of amethyst or a piece of smoky, smoky quartz crystal or anything like that. So we don't think about the weight of these items as we bring them into our universe. We don't think about how air moves through this item at a different rate because of its interstitial space porous capability that it has and that it's actually filtering the air. We don't consider that the Himalayan salt lamp physically uses heat to energize the salt. The air travels up with the heat, interacts with the salt, and that's why it gets in the atmosphere. We don't think about any of that stuff. We just like the crystals because they look cool. We think we're throwing our intention in them. Well, take your same apartment and start collecting a whole bunch of crap. And then pretty soon you're saying, oh, I feel trapped. I feel, I don't feel as open as I did. And why can't, you know, there's no light coming in here. Well, yeah, because you read every book in the world and that's wonderful, but you stacked them up in front of the windows and you didn't let the light in. So you have to learn to balance all of what we hope for and what we grab at the same time to not suffocate ourselves because that's how we lose sight of what others are doing and what I need to pay attention to and you know how not to get trapped by the oil protesters on the bridge and that kind of thing right yeah well and she also talked about well she went into all sorts of stuff right and but she didn't think about the physical characteristics as much so the she didn't look at it that way. She looked at their qualities and their healing capabilities and the rest of it. She didn't really think about it. Well, she went into yeah. the the history of crystals, yeah. and, and that was a fascinating discussion about, you know, these ancient practices that they would use right. uh, to use crystals in healing, um, using the residents and harmonics and um, 
but you know, people can hear about that on Radio Bob. Yeah, or or on, on another show with Nancy. We can talk yeah. about frequency healing. Yeah. Well, we've got we've got time right now to talk about you know that because the, the you know it, the weird thing about crystals is that in my case was that I I just was like you get captured by the crystal <laughs> you know it's like i would go into this this uh well what happened was my next door neighbor was getting married and i helped her out planning the wedding and that sort of thing and as a gift she gave me an amethyst pendant and it was like i'm not a girly kind of person you know but it was really nice and so i start wearing it but then i started to feel like something's happening to me i don't feel like myself and i realized i think it has something to do with that crystal and so i decided that i needed to find out more about crystals and i don't even remember how this book came into my hands i might have gone into a metaphysics book so i just don't remember all i remember is the book and it was a beginner's guide to crystals and the first thing I started reading were the symptoms of crystals what what you could be feeling because you've now in you know brought a crystal into your environment and that was exactly what I was feeling and so that started me on the path of knowing more and more about crystals but w what happened at that point is you know that's old adage that when the student is ready the master appears well, it seemed to be that way once I got th that pendant because I kept being led deeper and deeper. I found a metaphysical uh, shop that, you know, was not too awfully far away from us. And we could go in there and look at all sorts of different minerals. And they were some, they would actually get the, the raw stuff and, and cut it into different, you know, things. And, you know, and just one, one experience after another of being drawn deeper into the metaphysical world of minerals and the what happened was there was a metaphysical shop that just all of a sudden started up not blocks away virtually there was also a metaphysical fair that was in uh like one of those strip malls and this i've never i've been to a lot of them since it was the first one i went to it was the best one beyond anything anybody could imagine and i'm still to this day kind of convinced that it was not quite of this dimension <laughs> and i would i was working nights so i would uh go home feed all the animals and then i would go to this this fair and i'd stay there until you know five o'clock or something and so i'd the fair itself was just more vendors than I've ever seen in one place with just amazing, amazing specimens. And the strange thing that I began to unravel as I, it was like, I think it was went, went from Thursday through Sunday and I was there every day. I got to know the people and I was really getting trained in, in, in almost a compressed way by people that had been in the mineral business for all their lives. But what I started realizing was that an awful lot of them were Native American and that this their family had, had passed this down. 
they taught me so many just physical, you know, what do you look for? What are these in, in teaching me? But they also gifted me. I mean, yes, I spent money, but I didn't have a lot of money at that time. And But they just kept gifting me. And one of the, the, the thing that, that I took away from, from that, you know, the big learning thing, was that because they had been in the business or their, their parents had been in the business and it goes back a while, they had an experiment, an experience of realizing that every 20 years, crystals would get really, really popular and then it would fall off. And then 20 years later, it'd get really, really popular. And I've been in it now for, what, 40 years? And I can tell you that, yes, it ebbs and flows, the the interest in crystals. So now there's something different because Shanghai is the main example. I saw so many examples that everybody all of a sudden said, this is the most important thing we've ever come across that does all this, this, and this. And sure enough, I'd get some and... Yeah, it it did, you know, there was something different about whatever we were working. I mean, it was always some new thing, whatever it was. But then I realized that within three to four months, the interest in it would just drop off. And I felt when I first met Shungite that it was probably going to be the same thing. But it never did. It kept getting more and, I mean, more and more intense. It started with the C60, but now they're doing heavy investigation into shungite itself. You know, what is shungite? And why does it take out fluoride and radiation? And well, how is it doing this? You know, I mean, it's it's amazing what this is doing. But at the same time, it's almost like I'm feeling like people are beginning to understand crystals as being a a necessity in their lives. Because you need the energies that crystals are giving us. Because in the in the final analysis, our bodies are liquid crystals. Because our bodies are mostly water. And water is a liquid crystal. What's the solid form of it? Ice. Yeah, so, and, and we had gotten into that with Dahlia. And we're like, we're basically you know, walking crystals. And so, you know, we had talked a little bit about, okay, so you get another crystal and you as a crystal are adjusting your own resonance to match that other crystal that you're holding in your hand to, you know, address whatever particular affliction you might have at the moment. So, you know, yeah. So, so we should go back in time before Western medicine, because remember, we've only been, again, messing with Western medicine for a blink of an eye. And before that, we were eating leaves, twigs, berries, and doing whatever else we could find to cure ourselves. And so we've learned to live with these crystals, and we've learned to live with these minerals and these elements. So the very first tinctures and things that a pocket carry people produce were out of these crystals they were you know making throwing magnesium in the fire to make it look like it explodes kind of tricks but 
there's some validity to that. We know that. We know the healers know that. We know the Native Americans knew that. They knew how to get loaded with peyote to go on spirit quests. We knew the Australians knew that. And they were nowhere near each other. They didn't have boats to make it that far. So uh, explaining that one, I don't know. But I, I only bring it up because we're having to relearn the stuff that kept us alive for hundreds of thousands of years and pull it out because we're bombarded with the technical stuff and we know that this crap is destined to kill us. So, you know, Nancy, you and I both use the internet to get our point across. But the internet's a huge sewer. So what we hope is that we're providing some sort of content that people go to feel reasonably safe and absorb. And the, I think with the minerals, with the crystals, with the tinctures, with the teas, with the rest of it, uh, people need to get back to that because they've drowned themselves in the sewer known as the Internet. They've withdrawn themselves because the government said you have to wear a mask and you have to get your shot. You have to line up on this side or that side. So they've drawn lines and then they they've felt so secure in their little worlds that the lines that used to just denote the outside of the office now have walls and their boxes and the grates and they hide inside there and they're like, no, you're not going to challenge my belief. And it's not a question of challenging your belief. We're only questioning your sanity. Um, you can believe whatever you want to believe. You just can't force me to believe it. And when it comes to the things like the tinctures and the rest of it, I think people get forced into thinking, oh, that crap won't work. But we know better. We know that it makes a difference. The weight, the frequencies, the materials inside of them. We know that with the earthworms. We know that with the carbon. We know that with shungite. We know that it reacts differently than carbon black or anthracite. Yeah. You can see it. Well, even with a cat, they've now realized that the low frequency of a cat is actually a healing modality. And hardcore scientists are looking at this because you know, it's one thing to be back when the shamans were telling you this because they just knew it. And you, because you're living so close to nature, you can feel it. But as we got farther and farther from that environment and got into the world of technology, the only way you're going to convince people is to convince them because you can measure it, you can show it. You know, it's not no longer faith-based. It's like, I have to prove this. And so... The universe is attempting to make us uh, realize who we are. So there are talking manifestation here. So uh, there's manifested situations that nobody could have conspired to even create, never mind, you know, experience. And one of them was this lab where they were doing uh, work with low level uh, frequencies in a healing environment. They wanted to know, is this true? Because it, there had been situations where uh, they realize that the essentially the frequency of a cat matches if you're using that frequency in, on a bone the bone knits much faster so they were at that point that they knew that plus a lot of other things that they found about sound and healing this type of thing so but it was frequencies that they were trying the low low level frequencies well what happened is this cat astray nobody knew where it came from somehow or another got into the building and walked into the lab and it walked through the lab and as it's walking through the lab 
all of these devices that are detecting the the low level frequencies, you know, and what's happening in the room, they all went bonkers because the cat was putting out more frequency in the low level spectrum than all of their machines combined. And so they immediately befriended the the feline and now they have uh, this document that they came out with um, tells you that if you've got this particular physical problem, take a cat, get the cat purring, and put it here over the area. I mean, it's just like for everything that you, for many things that you would think is a, you know, a healing situation, the cat purr, and the cat, just the cat, you know, go sit with the cat, you're going to feel better. So there is, uh, what I'm getting to here is that even the weirdest thing about, you know, those of us that know cats know that they're extremely you you grab a cat if you're feeling bad because the cat's going to make you feel better. Um, we know that. But to have the scientific backup, scientific in quotes, um, you know, accepted science, I see more and more of that. That the things that were woo-woo are not so much woo-woo anymore because they're understanding the connectedness of energies. And um, it's an exciting time to be in. It is. And it's it's science is catching up with uh, what what we should have known all along. <laughs> right. Well, listen, we're at the end of the show here. So would you like to say one more thing? Give them uh, Bob's address again and, um, you know, things that you want to pass on. Sure. Um, so they can find us and on the first homepage of the website www.radiobobusa.com we have our player button right on that first page and that's how they can listen to the station and um, if they want to participate more possibly be on the air um, we have ways to do that as well and get involved uh, by becoming a member um, or Supporting yeah, or, us. yeah, or supporting us somehow. We do all of our contact through Facebook right now. There's no email, so you just get us through our Facebook pages. Uh, mine is Robert West. Yasmin's is uh, her name. And then um, we have the Radio Bob USA. And then, of course, we're always looking for uh, more people to come in and offer their wares um, in our vendor's site or offer their services or offer their assistance to other people. If we get some good information from somebody on how to balance your life and it's free, then we put it on our resources page. Uh, we always look for people to report on events in their area. Uh, we have a drop box. It's a picture of Jimmy Stewart on a typewriter and you click that, you open it up and it's our drop box and it allows you to put in your three or four or five minute um, promo on your event or whatever it is that you've got going on and we'll try and get it on the air kind of thing uh, anything to spread the news to help people out um, so that's very important to us we're always looking for people to help us with our social media and stuff like that so yeah you can find us there yeah yeah join them you know get into a group that is sure. um, just you know trying to to do the good thing be good stewards of God's energy. Yep. Mark, yep. want to say good night? Oh, yeah, it's been your uh, <clears throat> Reiki accountant uh, website. Can you give us that? 
Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, so that is the Reiki com. That is T H E R E I K I A C C O U N T A N T dot com. And um, yeah, so I'm available for healing, coaching, um, yeah, whatever people need. And if uh, they, they feel they want to work with me, I'm available in addition to working on a grander scale through the radio station. <laughs> awesome. Thank you all for being here. We will see you next time and um, be safe. And I appreciate you guys coming on so much. And I appreciate what you're doing. You're doing good work. And thank you, Mark. Oh, thank you, too. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. You have been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.